my mom always said, closed mouths don't get fed, and that's real. It does not get fed. Like, a lot of these things that have come to me, these blessings, these opportunities, are simply because I asked for them. Mm-hmm. And I went and grabbed it. A lot of people, they'd be like, oh, that would be cool if I did that. Or, hey, can you do this for me? Nah, bro. Like, real rap, ain't nobody going to help you. only person that's going to help you is yourself. A lot of the times. Like, you can ask other people for help. Sometimes they'll say, yo, I got you. But most of the time when that I got you comes, it's always a big question mark. Get your water and get some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Before we get into today's podcast episode, make sure you go to theresponsiblehunger.com and download the free money management guide that I have created for you. Most of the time when people are starting their personal finance journey, they know that they want to do better with their money, but don't know exactly where to start. The money management guide is a great way for you to Look at what you have going on right now and to take steps so you can get better. Like, I don't want you to get overwhelmed like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. No, I want you to have a seat, literally sit down, assess what you have going on. And the free money management guide that I created for you will do just that. So make sure you go to the responsiblehomeware.com or just click the description um, or just click the link in the description box below and go get that. You will also be on my email list where I send out different tips, gems, personal finance stuff, business stuff, all of the responsible homegirl things. So make sure you click that link, download that free money management guide and get your personal finance journey started because baby, inflation, I'm feeling it. All right. <laughs> Hey y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Kiani, the Responsible Homegirl, and this is a space that I have created so I can help young adults become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So the way that I do that is by one, sharing financial education, and then two, interviewing amazing entrepreneurs who are building their wealth through business, okay? So today, y'all know y'all been rocking with me for a little while. I have a series on my um, podcast called Think Like a Mogul. And basically, Think Like a Mogul is where I interview entrepreneurs who are either from South Carolina or live in South Carolina, just so I can hear some more about their backstory, how they built their brands from the ground up, and of course, you know, how they think like a mogul. So welcome to the podcast, Scrib. What it do, what it do, what it do. How you feeling this Thanks morning? for having me. Girl, I mean, you know, I'm busy. I'm tired. It's it's the morning time. I got to see these kids this morning. You know, the reg, just the regular stuff. Right. Yeah, I promise you, this is the only man I know who go to his nine to five and have like fifty gigs <laughs> to do after Girl. school. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But when I tell you, just an impeccable work ethic, like work ethic through the roof. So I am super excited about having this conversation. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to learn a whole lot from you and everybody listening. Me? Um, yes, you. <laughs> so, Scrib, I always start off the podcast with asking my guests, can you give me an irresponsible financial decision that you've ever made? Oh, an irresponsible one? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was when I bought my car that I currently have. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I literally went I think my car was having issues. Like I had a Hyundai Elantra. It was like a 2017. Mm-hmm. This was back in 2020. And I was just like, I just tied it this car. Like I just went to the dealership. I didn't even ask my wife about nothing. I just went, sat down. I was like, I want a Jeep. My man was like, you want it now? I said, yo. I said, I want that one right though. And he was like, okay. So my credit good, you know, it don't matter. I was like, check it up, check it up, do whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. literally bought it for like I want to say I bought my Jeep because it was the year of the actual like when it came out it came out like 2020 it came out that's what I had so I bought it basically close to market price you know what I'm saying and I was just like bro you could have negotiated that down like yeah. why would you even do that you already know you know the value once you put yourself in the car and you drive off it's already 
be value. So it just kind of like, man. So right now I'm trying to refinance it because I'm just like, whatever. But yeah, that was very irresponsible. Mm-hmm. My wife was like, bro, you just bought a car today? And I was like, yeah, I was just tired of, you know, the little baby. And she was like, I was just about to say, was you going through something? Do you feel like you ain't had enough space in your car for all your equipment? Or you just woke up like, I need me a new car? Bro, I lied to you not. I, I went because I just kept having like car trouble with mine. And I was just like, I'm tired of putting money into this car. So I was just like, let's go get a big, big booty. I, I did need one i was like i need i need more space anyways i can't do nothing in, in this one so i was just like let's go let's go get this matter of fact this is my second jeep because my first jeep, i did have a jeep but that one was a smaller one so i had a regular cherokee first that's right now now i'm going back so i had a regular cherokee first but it was giving me issues and it didn't have enough space like i always had to like take journey seat out all the time and stuff like that. So I was just like, let me get a bigger one. So I did get a bigger one. I got a Grand Cherokee. Yeah. And now, I mean, it, it works out. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Mira so, doesn't, she still don't like the Jeep, but it's what. <laughs> Something key that you said that stuck out to me, though, you was like, you didn't negotiate no nothing. And I feel like as women, sometimes we will go to a car dealership and not know nothing about negotiating. Maybe even some men, if y'all ain't been taught. But I do yeah. feel like people need to understand, like, you can actually negotiate with these people about your car price. Oh, yeah. It's not just, like, the price is set in stone. Oh, and the thing is, them boys will flam you, too, because, like, because um, I was, like, negotiating, but I didn't truly care. Like, it was just kind of like, all right, y'all boys said that's enough, that's enough. But when I got my second car, bro, I was there from that morning till that night, because I was like, no. We gonna have this price here. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not paying over three hundred dollars. They was like, Oh, let me check with the manager because they gonna they gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? They love but, to say that. Let me go check right. the manager. We'll check, like, bro. All y'all doing back there is literally just hee hee ha ha, right. waiting a little bit because they always close the door now. You ever notice that they always close the door? After that, they come out. Well, look, we could do this right here. We could do this, mind you. They not putting into perspective of like that gap insurance and all of that type of stuff so once you get into the actual place and you'd be like oh yeah that's a good number no more is like well you need this and this you'd be like really? hold up now i know i just told buddy out there that i said i can only do this price so what is this yeah so that's how they get you you really have to to you have to have patience in the car dealership pretty much like yeah. definitely have that patience that is definitely key there Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and I always ask my guests that because, of course, you know, my brand is the responsible homegirl, but I didn't just oh, arrive yeah. here. Like, I made so many irresponsible financial decisions. So I want everybody listening to know, like, we all make these decisions. But the thing oh, is, once you do, and once you know better, you do better. Okay. Oh, you want to know a real funny one, though? Go ahead. I got a real funny one. So when I started DJing, I had no equipment. Like, I just had. Uh, I think a laptop and then my homeboy Weldon was on gospel choir at College of Charleston and he gave me his amplifier to like use for like little house parties or whatever mm-hmm. so I took the time out because I was doing I was DJing with my homeboy Tyler so me and Tyler put in like $500 mm-hmm. for like this old equipment from like this alpha from back in the day he was like I don't use this equipment anymore so I'm like bet I'm about right. to go up bruh so I got like two old behind speakers a mixer and like these old turntables bruh the first time i used them i'm djing going ham da 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 bruh next thing you know all you heard was (laughs) everybody said what happened kill the dj bruh speakers blown like instantly like done wow so yeah, that was five hundred dollars blown. You know, especially as a college student, you ain't got it like that. So exactly. it was, I was like, when I say pissed off, yeah, pretty much. Like it just sat for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like the speakers definitely were in the MPC house. High key, I still think the speakers are in the MPC house to this day. Oh, 
anybody from CFC, if you greet, go clean that MPAC also. <laughs> Listen, I swear, some stuff in there, I'll be like, why is it still here? Why is it still here? Okay, Strip, for my people who are listening to this episode who do not know who you are, can you tell them, for one, who are you? How did you grow up and what kind of shaped you into this entrepreneur that you are today? Budgeting is not about restricting yourself. Budgeting is about planning. The reason why you haven't been sticking to your budget is because you are putting these hardcore constraints on you and it's just not working. Do not make budgeting something that you regret, something that's going to be your prison. No, budgeting is all about planning. And this is exactly what I talk about in my lifestyle budgeting ebook. I am so passionate about teaching people how to budget because it is literally the foundation of financial freedom. I know you are probably watching this podcast episode because of the cute title or because you're inspired by this business owner or you need to learn more about personal finances. Where I'm here to tell you, once you get your budgeting down pat, everything else flows from it. So click the link below and download the Lifestyle Budgeting ebook. Now this is the 2022 edition. So I went back, added some more stuff to help us fight inflation, fight this future recession, and all of the things that could possibly come our way when it comes to personal finances. So like I said before, budgeting is not about restricting yourself. It is about planning. Get my full process, my full guide to how I manage my money without stress. Click the link below and download your 2022 edition of the Lifestyle Budgeting ebook. And I got something special for y'all. For all of you who are listening right now on the podcast, use the discount code PODCAST, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, for 10% off of your order. So use the discount code PODCAST for 10% off your order. And let's get right back into the episode. Um, well, hi, everybody. My name is DJ Scrib. Uh... My actual name is James Vickers. It'd be so funny that people don't know my actual name. So that's always hilarious. Um, so I actually, I don't know. I feel like it chose me versus I chose it. Um, being a DJ was never like something I was always like, oh my God, that's so dope. Like that's cool or anything. It wasn't until I got to college, I really pursued being a DJ. And I think it was only because I was watching I don't know. I don't know what that show was called. It came on VH1. It was like Mix Master something. Mm-hmm. And I saw this guy cutting up on some turntables, and I was just like, "Oh, this is dope! Like mm-hmm. that would be fire if I could do that in college or whatever." Then we, of course, we had Spectrum, and Spectrum is a program at the College of Charleston. You know, for minority, first generation students, whatever they come into college early, blah 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 blah. So we would have a party on the fourth floor of McConnell every Friday. And the thing was, we would just bring a big speaker mm-hmm. and somebody would have the iPod. Yes, I'm that old. Somebody would have an iPod. The Nano? I don't, it might have been a Nano. That screen. But they, listen, they would hook it up into the um into the little aux. Mm-hmm. And like one night, it was just like, man, this junk ain't moving nobody. So I was picking all the songs. I was just like, mm-hmm. let me go here, let me go here. The boy said, oh, this man hard. After that, I got a laptop. I downloaded some DJ program, virtual DJ, started playing with it. I used to go to all my homeboys, homegirls, like crib and be like, hey, check out this mix. Mind you, it was a trash mix. I don't even know why. Like I thought it was fine, but hey, you gotta grow. Right. So so that that was the whole DJing. Cause I went to college for uh middle grades education. Mm-hmm. Um with a concentration in English and social studies. So I am currently a teacher as well. Right. Um, I'm teaching the elementary school. Not even, you know, what I went to school for is totally different. I teach science and social studies. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. I'm still in education. I've been in education now. This will be this is my fifth year at my current school, but I've been teaching six years. Um so yeah, that is me. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship came, I think, solely based off of the fact the way I was raised. My mom I just kind of saw her struggling throughout her lifetime. And I was just like, bro, I never want to be at that state where, like, bro, we used to have to boil water just for some hot water because mm-hmm. when you have the bills for that, or, well, we had the money for that during a certain time, you know, it would be times when it's like freezing in the house and we got no heat. 
yeah. type stuff like that. I would see foreclosure signs outside of people just coming by the house type stuff. So it was just kind of like, man, we struggled. But one thing my mom always did, she made sure like I knew exactly how to navigate somewhat or just pull around or ask people questions and things like that to get wherever we needed. So we would struggle for a while, but somehow, some way, shape, or form, you know, we pulled through. We still had our house. I still had a roof on top of my head. I still had clothes on my back everything like that and I mean my mom was a single parent so yeah she she was always the person pulling me through and I always told myself like especially when my career started going up it was just kind of like I would always provide for my mom like it doesn't matter what she needed whenever she called me I'll be like all right I got it yeah or whatever and to this day she don't even care about none of that because she has such a huge heart she'd be like man give that to journey I'm like I'm not worried about none of that so I think that's that's like the the biggest turn of like just kind of going into entrepreneurship because at the same time I saw her she was a teacher as well and I saw her struggle like that and I was like bro I'm gonna be a teacher too so am I gonna be like this you know what I'm saying so just kind of like all right let me let me adjust some things let me see how we can make some things shape and that's this is where I am now just out here grinding so, Scrib, right now you live in Charleston, DJ in Charleston. You know, the hype is real in Charleston. Are you from the Charleston area? <laughs> I am. I'm from West Ashley, West Cash. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm from West Ashley. I'm right from here. I lived here all my life. But um, I do travel. I travel a lot. So, like, a lot of events, even though I'm in Charleston a lot, most of the time I'm somewhere else. Like, you'll see me post stuff. Yeah. And like, oh like oh he over here now yeah it's just it's fun stuff so scary you talk to me about like the beginning stages of djing like you know on the ipod just picking songs and then of mm-hmm. course it had to been like a transition happen like when you like okay i'm gonna take this serious for real can you talk to me about the beginning stages like when you actually started investing in yourself like when did you feel like oh i can be a good dj uh, I think it was when the College of Charleston started taking me serious. <laughs> Literally. Um, so, okay. So the first time was I was doing Greek shows. So I would come out there and I still didn't have no actual equipment. So, you know, back in the day, I was doing stuff for free. Like I was just trying to get, get people to see me or whatever. Wow. Um, and then I think, I want to say, I want to say the Delta's probate was the first time I got paid for something. Yep. I ain't going to lie. Like, That's I, I, feel, I feel like that was the first time I actually got paid for something at College of Charleston. And they did it, I think it was like $100. <laughs> I mean, better than zero. Hey, you're right. I was just like, all right, cool. So they paid me for that. And... I started seeing like who were the people behind the events because I didn't know who to truly talk to because I would be like, Hey, let me do that. And they'd be like, well, we don't actually pick the person to do it. So I was like, how does this work? Like, how do I get my, my hands and stuff? So what I used to do is I would actually scout the DJs who were there. Mm -hmm. So like, I know um, one of my mentors, like, tantrum he would always do stuff at college charleston natty heavy r dot those type of people they would do stuff and i just asked them like yo who booked you for this so once i found out who was booking um i found out the organization cab was over a lot of these things right so i finally found out presidents all of these all the people um and then i had shouts out to kimberly ohanika she literally was the person that was on cab during the time and she gave me one of my biggest events which was the big crit concert that we had at college charleston mm. and now, you was from that concert huh and you were a student at the time yeah i was a student i was sophomore year yeah my sophomore year okay yeah so kimberly gave me my first like big event and that's when like i was like bro i can't do a concert with crit without actual you know legit equipment so i mean i invested like i saved up 
got my refund check. I was like, hey, I gotta get turntable. I gotta get all of this stuff, you know, be ready to go. And my mama was like, you sure about this? This what you want to do? This why you going to college? Don't <laughs> waste that degree you got going. I was like, mama, I ain't wasting no degree. It's just networking. Right. I was like, I could probably get more from this than what I'm gonna get for teaching. She was like, all right, I mean, hey. My the thing about my mom, she always she'll give you that like devil's advocate, like, hmm, if you do this now, just know this it might not be the route, but I support you. So that's always been a thing. She's always been supportive of that. Um, but yeah, so like investing definitely was piece by piece. So like I think I started with like one turntable. I would figure out how to make some more money or I asked somebody and be like hey let me let me get this off you um i saw like a bunch of djs who were just you know like selling stuff they old equipment i'm like look i'll take whatever i don't care yeah so i mean i had pretty much trash equipment like it was old it was ran down but i made it do what it do and from there it just just kept going and it, it was all simply just finding out who are the event planners because yeah. that's who you want to talk to. You never want to talk to the people who are doing the event. It's like, I need to know the people behind the scenes. Like, who are, who are those guys? Because those are people with the money. Those right. people that control everything. And yesterday I saw you post um, on your IG story. You was like, building relationships and meeting people is key. And I'm like, yes, that is so true. So can you touch on how that has helped you build your DJing career? Because like, you started off literally on an iPod, and now I think I remember you saying like you was booked out for like half of 2022. So can you oh, talk yeah, to us right. about that? All right, so I always say networking. So put it this way: networking is important. Yes, like getting no people, getting those contacts, having those conversations is always important. But having a great relationship is the biggest part. Yeah, the biggest takeaway from that because simply, um, like I'll give you an example. Just yesterday, I got a call. Um, it was this lady. I just did her daughter's baby shower, like Sunday. Mm-hmm. So did that event. It went well, and then she called me yesterday, and I'm like, "Hey, she calling again? Like, what's going on? Did I?" I was like, "She paid me, right?" I was like, "I don't, I don't think you know. It's whatever." I, I don't check the account. <laughs> hey, listen, life like. Right. I mean, oh, she paid me. I mean, I'm good. So I don't know what, right. what she called me about. Right. So she was like, hey, Scrib, you know, um, people say you did such a great job. Da, 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 da. And she was like, well, I got another gig for you. So it was just like instantly. And right. I and the thing was, the first one, I was just like, all right, I'm going to give you a little slight just because you never heard me before. Like, I always give people like discounts on their first time getting me because they don't know what, what to expect. Right. But they also don't know my prices for real. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like, all right, I'm going to help you out. You help me out. You feel me? Yeah. So the second one I told her, I was like, well, I'm going to go to my regular prices if, if that's okay with you. And she was like, man, listen, you can go triple your price. I don't care. Yeah. You, you do the damn thing. So I was just like, that's love. I appreciate that. She was like, boy, I, I, I told you I was going to save your number. We're going to keep calling you back. So it's just like, the relationship, your your first impression of people, you know, how you actually greet people. I always tell every person that I talk to, like people coming up in any type of industry, not just DJing, but I tell people, you know, always greet people with a smile, mm-hmm. you know, see how their day is going. Like just small conversation. You ain't got to be weird and be like, well, hi, I'm, I'm this person, man, just regular stuff. Like you would talk to okay. anybody else. So like, just keeping relationships so consistent like why am i at the college of charleston so much because i literally talk to these people all the time and like even on my ig story when i said i got my biggest contract um it wasn't for everybody thought it was for the festival i got coming up it's not for that it was for college of charleston like wow yeah they they're they're paying some money now so the thing is it's it's just going up is is much appreciated but it's because the more things you do for people, you know, the more you're going to get back. And I also think it's interesting because when I first got out, 
especially at the College of Charleston. I, I think Moonlight Breakfast, because mm-hmm. I don't think you were here. I think you were here when I did Moonlight Breakfast, so you never saw the other DJ. All right, so, like, there was this old, like, uh, mm-hmm. Keone, when I tell you this drunk used to have us trip out, it used to be like, <laughs> bro, this could be so lit. It scripted it. Yeah. And I was just like, for real? Like, bro, come on. So, because we used to go through the song. For people that don't go to CFC or didn't go to CFC, can you tell them what Moonlight Breakfast is and why it's so important to Black culture there? Listen. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) So, Moonlight Breakfast is basically a huge event on campus. It's like at 10 to 12 and it's right before final starts. So, you're really supposed to come there, eat, party, and then go to the library, wherever you like to go to study. So the thing is, when we get there, when the Black culture gets there, we turn up. And I mean, when I say turn up, we standing on top of, like, tables. We we being Greek. It's a club. Like, it's legit a club. And I think it's always funny because they be like, Scrib, I feel like they don't even come here to eat no more. And I was like, no, they don't. That's That's not the case. I was like, it's a big party. Right. And it's so funny because with Moonlight Breakfast, the the um the atmosphere definitely changed when I got into it. And that was straight networking. Like I was like, bro, I want to do Moonlight Breakfast. And they told me no so many times. They were like, No, we've had this person for all these years. Da, 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 da. But I was like, listen, I was like, I know what students want. Right. I'm a student myself. And it took a lot of convincing. I had to sit down. I mean, I was in like three, four offices a day just trying to convince them, like, bruh, I will do whatever y'all need me to do. I was like, I got clean music, got white music, black music, Asian music, Hispanic music. I said, whatever y'all want, I can do it. I promised it. Right. They said, all right, we going to give you a shot. I was like, give me a shot. That's all I asked. And I think I charged them the first Moonlight Breakfast, I think was like maybe $200, $300. Mm-hmm. If they wow. charge them that, we turn. I turned that thing out. They said, "Well, if you want DJ Scrib back, because back <laughs> in the day you had to take a survey, uh-huh. so it was like if you want Scrib back, make sure y'all put that on the survey, bro." That survey literally, I think they told me it was like ninety ninety eight percent that just said we want Scrib at all moment like breakfast. So it was like that was simply consistency. Like talking to people it was me saying i'm not gonna give up because i want to do this yeah you know what i'm saying and a lot of the times some people have just been like all right they just got this cat they they used to that it is what it is and you was bold enough to even put yourself out there to have the conversation and i want everybody listening oh. right now like you don't it don't even necessarily have to be djing whatever it is that you're doing are you bold enough to step because literally your opportunity is on the other side of you asking for something. That's it. My mom always said close mouths don't get fed, and that's real. It does not get fed. Like a lot of these things that have come to me, these blessings, these opportunities are simply because I, I asked for them mm-hmm. and I went and grabbed it. A lot of people they'd be like, Oh, that'll be cool if I did that. Or hey, can you do this for me? Nah, bro, like real rap, ain't nobody gonna help you. Mm. <laughs> person that's gonna help you is yourself a lot of the times like you can ask other people for help sometimes they'll say yo i got you but most of the time when that i got you comes it's always a big question mark Mm -hmm. do they really have you do you know if they really plugging you in like they say they are you don't know what's going on behind closed doors so a lot of the times i tell people like i'll set up different like little interviews and times i'll be like yo let me talk to so-and-so They'd be like, hey, I got you, I got you. I'd be like, no, 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 no. I was like, give me their contact. I'll yeah. contact them myself. Because I don't want you to be no middleman. Like, I will do all the talking for myself. I communicate that. I know exactly what I want to say. I don't know what you're about to say. Exactly. I know what I want to say, though. Right. So I think a lot of people have to understand that, too. Like, you really have to take the responsibility into yourself and be accountable instead of thinking everybody got your back because nobody does. Right. Or waiting for somebody to put you on. I feel like a part of your story is you actually work. And the reason why you so booked out is because you actually a good DJ. Like you have the good, like I would say you have the talent to create a bomb atmosphere. It don't matter if 
we at the college of Charleston or if we at a party, it really don't matter. So can you talk yeah. to my people about the importance of investing in your craft and what makes a good DJ a good DJ? This episode is sponsored by Kickoff. Kickoff is one of my favorite credit building apps because they don't have any interest. They do not check your credit score to approve you. And there are so many benefits that you get. And they report all of this stuff to two of the major credit bureaus, TransUnion and Experian. So if you know that you are looking to increase your credit score, you need a little boost, you need a little help, download the Kickoff app and create your account today. Another thing that I really love about this app is they have something called a credit building loan. So you pay $10 a month into this loan. And at the end of the year, you get your full 120 back. Y'all, that is literally unheard of in the credit building space. So take that into account. And if you are looking to increase your credit score, make sure you go download Kickoff. No interest, no fees, no none of that. $5 a month to build up your credit score. Click the link below and create your account today. Now let's get right back into the episode. All right, so investments. I always say invest, 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 invest. You will literally see me. Oh my God, my wife hates it. She'd be like, You need to stop showing people that you be behind all this stuff. I'd be like, Bro, it's okay. It's mm-hmm. not really. She thinks I'm like this person that is just showing people, like, Oh, I'm flexing on y'all boys. But I said, It's not a flex. It's really not a flex. It's just saying, Hey, you know, I've been capable or God bless me to do this and this is what I have now or I've upgraded to this and I said sometimes I'm helping somebody else out just to be like dang square got that now man let me see that like bro my other homeboy he called me the rich he said you the richest DJ I know because I'm always buying something and I'm like but literally I said y'all I'm not buying this cash and out all the time I was like there are credit cards yeah programs set up I was like I keep up with my credit more than anything I'm trying to I'm trying to get that 800 you know what I'm saying? So it's like a lot of the times I'm like, yeah, I make these investments, but these investments also create different levels of finances for me as well. Exactly. So a lot of the time, like you will see my equipment out. Like uh, I was at EXO, which is a club here in Charleston. And it was so funny. I just pulled out some stands and they're like, they're called hydraulic stands. So basically you put them out, you put the speaker on top, and then you get a clamp, and it literally lifts itself. So I ain't got to just put it all the way at the top. I'm not hurting my back or anymore. And it was like, this man always got, like, some crazy technology. But it's just like, I'm doing this for myself because I'm getting old, bro. My back be <laughs> hurting putting them doggone speakers all over. And that's there. less manual labor. You got to work smarter. Okay. Exactly. So I was like, bro, I ain't doing that anymore. Like, them don't go up there. I'm good. I'm hands-free now. So. I think a lot of people have to just make small investments. Don't think, hey, I need the best stuff right when you start because guess what? You don't even know how to use that the mm-hmm. way it's supposed to be used. Like, I'm telling you, I worked with an iPad, <laughs> an iPod, work with an iPod yeah, to a laptop to now inserting that laptop into turntables from turntables to controllers. You know, it's just like, it's now not- you're, you, it's just levels to everything. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, oh, so off of that, going to be in a good DJ. So there, there are a number of different DJs. Um, <laughs> me, I am a crowd pleaser. So like, okay. when I'm looking into the crowd, you know, I'm paying attention to who moving, who's shaking, what they doing. Mm-hmm. If y'all giving me energy, I'm gonna give y'all energy back um do I like requests not too much I like to do my own thing you know what I'm saying most of the time when people come up with requests it's usually something I'm already going to play mm-hmm. so it's always like leave me alone bro. <laughs> like y'all already know what's up like but I'm the person that'll make the request I'll be like can you play <laughs> right always always, always. like I don't be trash but it's those requests that literally make absolutely no sense like you see everybody's up here mm-hmm. and them boys want the slowest song and you like does that even work in your head right and now it's not just about you goodbye <laughs> right it's like dang but um i think most dj like to be a great dj you really you gotta listen to music every single day 
you have to you have to know your songs as well. I know a lot of people they just download songs all day long, but they don't know them. Like uh, everybody always says, I have really good transitions. Yeah, you do. So like with my transitions, the thing is, I know every single spot when I want to transition over. Like I know when it's going to say something, you know, type of way. I know what beat I want to put over at acapella. That's why like when I do them crazy things at College of Charleston, like playing that act like, you know, from yeah. TikTok and put that on like, I don't know, like act up beat, yeah, stuff like yeah. that. And people be like, oh, it's not <laughs> crazy to me. It's just crazy to y'all because y'all never heard it in that way. You know what I'm saying? But it's just all knowing exactly how things flow, how things are calibrated, how how you want people to react. I already see that ahead of time. Like, mm-hmm. like a lot of people, they have different different songs that they know are going to work. Yeah. And that's for all DJs. Like we we know the songs that are definitely gonna work if you're a great DJ. You mm-hmm. also know there are moments where you want to have, have some wordplay, which just means like there's gonna be a song that says exactly what the other song says and you blend them together so it sounds like one huge song. There's uh there's called like um what's the thing? Tone play. So you play with the actual beat while it's playing. Definitely put myself up there with the greats. I already told D Nice come see me because I will trash that boy. But you know, it's just like stuff like that. I just have fun, man. I honestly just have fun at what I do. And like, this conversation, this is making me understand that DJing is deeper than just playing songs. Like it's definitely oh, yeah. it's definitely more to it. Like, oh my god. Like, okay, so what I'm about to start putting out, and I can say this on here, it's whatever. I'm about to start doing a lot of content creations online and it's just so people can see like how i mix stuff um how like literally a day in the life of scrib is because some people always be like bro how do you even like make time to do what you do and i mean honestly it comes with sacrifices like i will definitely say my wife is a huge part of my life you know especially when it comes to our daughter Mm -hmm. because bro like just last week i had a day party and a night party i get to see my family that entire day you know what i'm saying and that's a that's a huge sacrifice to me specifically because it's just like i haven't spent any time with my daughter and i and as a parent it's like bro i want to see her grow because i don't know what something magnificent might happen you know she probably said one of the best sentences of her life exactly and i missed it because I'm out here partying with y'all. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like stuff like that is always weird. Mm-hmm. And it, it creates like this weird shift in balance and stuff. But you also have to have a supporter or someone with you who knows, you know, this is his career. This is how this works. I'm there to help him out when I can or her out, you know, whatever. Right. But it's it's always, it's just interesting. It's very interesting because my life sometimes I come home and be like bro how did you even how you did it how like, yeah I'd be looking at your social media and I'd just be like I don't know how this man is doing all that he's doing like being a husband a father a teacher with them kids probably stressing you out and turn around and DJ multiple times throughout the week what? so DJ with I'm gonna say DJ with career with a popping career like the one that you have DJing why still be in the classroom? Talk to me about that. Ooh. Well, um, I'm about to get out. I ain't gonna lie. Now we keep the tea here on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. So, the thing is, I put it this way. My third year of teaching, mm-hmm. I told myself um, I was gonna, I was already ready to go. Like, I was like, the only reason I stay in teaching, honestly, is because, you know, it's it's insurance. It's good. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a whole family. The money is fine, but that money is, like, basically play money for me. Like, yeah. this is the money. This is where some of my equipment and stuff come from. You know, this is some of the time when I'm just out eating. Like, everybody will see that I'm always out eating. Like, even though my wife will cook, it's like, bro, we still go out to eat all the time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the trips that I take. That's what this money was for. Now, the thing is, what happened was COVID happened. 
and COVID showed me how basically the school system really is set up as a business versus it's set up it's not set up for success for these students like we really portray it as so that's really been on my conscience heavy lately like this entire year I've just been kind of like we're not moving and shaking like we used to like it's just not it's not as passionate for me um but yeah but going back to saying how I was actually here and doing all the things uh being a teacher definitely played a vital role as far as just being inspired by kids like I like that every time um okay every time I was in the classroom you know things that they always said or you know Mr. Vickers what did you do over the weekend because that's what we talk about you know they know I'm a DJ so they know I'm out partying they'd be like you saw my mama like all types of stuff you know this is funny stuff bro but you know they they come in and every day truly was not wasn't experienced by itself because you never knew what to expect with these students right and I think it was always cool because at this school I actually did have a DJ class for extended day so I would teach my students how to DJ they got their own little turntables or whatever well controller but they they still call them turntables because what else do they know on mass so they would play and like for little events and stuff I would have like a kid do a little set you know and that would that would be my life like I'll be like oh my god this is so dope that they're doing that um and then in the classroom like just seeing their little minds grow has always been interesting or them questioning how something that I taught them freaking a week later they're like man Mr. Vickers you remember when you taught me about those clouds man I saw them clouds yesterday like it's just crazy stuff because they'll just keep going about it and you know you look at it and be like it's just curriculum it's curriculum I gotta just teach you you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so I think that's always been interesting but this double life it it takes a toll it really does um because working a nine-to-five like right now it's the end of the year you know what I'm saying so that's in my classroom it's all blink nothing around like we got boxes like I'm about to get up out of here right but the thing is like I literally went back and was just looking at my room and looking at the students and was just like wow like y'all grew up with me as well as I'm growing with y'all you know what I'm saying so I think that's always dope to look at and my first year teaching when I was at a middle school it's like those kids right now are in college wow because they were in eighth grade so like they would I would see them on the gram they would, <laughs> they still follow me and stuff they hit me up be like man Mr. Vicar you know you're the only person that really told me to go mm. because where they were at the time in their life I mean I had students in gangs I had students on house arrest I had all types of <laughs> crazy bad kids <laughs> in school, but, that's crazy right and that was middle school and I mean it was tough like tough tough and um I think I'll give nothing but respect to all teachers who stay in the classroom after this year like nothing but respect because there are a lot coming out you know a lot of the times is it's just a I don't think it's even the kids it's more so like what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. as far as like what we need in our lives they don't give it to us anymore you know it's like we could have survived on teacher salary before but literally everything is ridiculous now so it's like bro y'all still is ridiculous (laughs) seven (laughs) dollars bro literally i fill up my car every week a hundred dollars yeah like you messed up like listen you messed up the whole budget Mm -hmm. that i already was doing with keone like bro i can't even you done messed up my budget for me i gotta do a whole nother budget gotta take out some more things that i was spending money on yeah because now you know, it's, it's just like the responsibility is so much bigger, mm-hmm. um, especially for any teacher. I'd be like, bro, you're respons- you coming into this classroom. You have the responsibility as a parent. Yeah. You have the responsibility as a therapist. Mm-hmm. You have the responsibility as a brother, uncle, sister, cousin, auntie. You know, you are literally this child 
you're with this child more than he's actually home or she's actually home. Right. So when they look to you, you got to look back and be like, you know, I have to be on my P's and Q's. Anything that I say, they're going to take back and be like, you know, this is okay for me to say or do. Yeah. Like, bro, something in my classroom, they can't say shut up. Like, don't say shut up. Mm-hmm. I just find it, like, so rude to tell somebody shut up. Yeah. Because <laughs> in, in my head, I think about an adult. And, you know, it don't just be shut up. It be like, shut the up. Right. You know? So it's like, bro, are you really telling somebody to shut up right now? That is so rude. Yeah. And I think, like, with all of these students, they can get on your nerve all day long, but they learning, you know. Yeah. But are they, are you engaged with them? Are you having fun, making them feel like children in your classroom? And I think that's the whole concept of schooling that's really gone, mm. is making them feel like they're kids. Yeah. Like just because y'all take them out to recess, that don't mean they're kids. Right. It's what they're they do in the classroom. Out of the day. Yeah. Right. But yeah, double life, trash. <laughs> I'm, I'm about, to go this, about to go to the single life of just having one thing to focus on. But I will um, say, though, like, the double life is still, like, it's showing me, and I feel like it shows others that there are no room for excuses. Like, it can still be done. Oh, yeah. And That's a fact. You to have a nine to five, like you said, like some of your money, that's yeah. your play money, that's your investment money. So people can make it happen. Oh, you're gonna make it happen now. Now trust me. So put it this way. So yes, I'm gonna step out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I'll focus on one thing, but my other plan, there's already something else I've invested into as well. So it's never just really I work a nine to five, because that's not where all my money come from. All my money don't come from DJing either. Mm-hmm. Like, it's different entities of stuff that I do because I graphic design as well. You know, it's just all types of things that right. I do versus just being solely in one career or one purpose. Because I tell everybody, I was like, you can't find your purpose until literally you go to that place and your eyes go your eyes just burst out of your head and you just be filled with excitement every day i go to dj i'm like let's get it you know it's ready to go it's go time or like i'm working on like a different project on my ipad i'm excited about it because i want to know how people feel about it right you know when i brought when i used to do uh it was always cool i used to do like tiktoks for my kids when it was covid Mm -hmm. and my kids loved it like truly enjoyed it but I loved the excitement that they had and that's what kept me going you know what I'm saying so I think whatever anybody does or any passion that you have you have to truly find joy into that because that's also messing with your mental you know what I'm saying if you mentally cannot be there get out (laughs) and the money will never be enough the money will never be enough yeah you can't chase money yeah you can't chase money I agree 100 percent Bro, the thing is, guess what? I always put people in this perspective. Mm-hmm. Once you once you actually say you have succeeded, which is you know, you find financial stability and wealth, what happens? Mm. People are literally about to come to you and ask you, hey bro, can I get this? Can I get that? Da-da-da-da. The more money that you have, the more people you have to actually pay. You now have a whole person that take care of your account. Because you can't focus on it. You focusing on everything else that you're invested in. You got people you need to take care of because you've promised them this already. You already said, hey, once I get here, bro, I got you with this, 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 this. So it's like, literally, your life don't never get easy. But you truly have to look at things and say, where is my happiness? Where is my mental? Yeah. That's the only thing that's going to bring you joy. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody else gonna do it. But when I tell you, believe in your damn self, believe in yourself. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's all you got. Right. That's all you have. And that's all you can believe in. I say, I put everything in the God. Every time I wake up, shoot, even a little journey, journey will be like, thank God. I'd be like, yo, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> I love that. Yes, journey. You better praise God. Oh, hey, you got to praise God all the time. Because I mean, hey. Every day is not promised. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Every day is not promised. You don't know when you're going to go. 
So you just have to truly live every day like it's your last and enjoy. Right. But bro, that money, that money at the end of the day, you're gonna die and that money's still gonna be here. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, I mean, I get like J. Cole said, you know, I'm not gonna diss nobody out here chasing their dream, they hopes and dreams, but don't be chasing that money. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time that's that's not even what you want. It's a right. beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to have something that you enjoy and it's your craft. Mm-hmm. The fact that it brings wealth or it brings financial, you know, stability, that's the blessing. It's yeah. like, hey, I'm getting paid for something I love to do anyways. Mm-hmm. So you and, don't even look at it as a dream. Right. And not only that, like you just said, most of the time you don't even want the money. It's the stuff on the other side of the money that we want. We want to be yeah. go wherever we want to go, eat wherever we want to eat, shop, take trips, do this for our family, give back. Like it's the other stuff on the other side of the money it's not really the money it's never the money but all i feel like everybody named mama all they want to do is literally take trips be with their family and be able to rest yeah that's it mm-hmm. that's literally it you want to see the rest of the world how how everything else going mm-hmm. you want to be capable of providing anything and everything that you'll you know your family want i'm a huge family person so any and everything that I do is always for family, regardless, you know, as well as like, um, when you're, you're really out here, you grinding, bro, the last thing you always want, you want to sleep. Mm-hmm. Rest is so important. So Rest cool. is so important. Talk to me, please. But Scream, this podcast episode was really good. Before we end, let's get into our soulful section. So I just want you to answer it. The first thing that comes to the top of your mind. Y'all, the Patreon is on and popping. Check out this clip from last week's Tuesday Night Link Up where we discuss our book club, brand building, personal finances, and all of the things. I promise you, if you are looking for a like-minded community of women who are working towards financial freedom and seriously in their execution bag, the Patreon is the place to be. So check out this clip and then we're going to get right back into the podcast episode. But, like, I have not gotten a lot of sales. Right. Now, like, getting crickets. <laughs> no sales. So I'm just like, oh, oh my goodness. Like, what, what am I doing wrong? When you think about a mission, I want you to think about why your brand exists. Mm-hmm. So an example of a mission is the responsible homegirl helps young women become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So basically, your mission is I help X by doing why why am i selling this stuff why am i even in business in the first place really got to be deeper than the money to keep you going the whole first year the responsible home girl i made no money and i was still creating content so those of you listening y'all know i'm from king street south carolina the country i love soul food so scrib the first question is what is your favorite soul food dish Ooh. I gotta have my red rice. Red, oh, gotta he's so chomping. <laughs> so I make the best red rice ever. Okay, I make the best red rice. rice. I'm with it. I'm Hand with it. Down. So, next question. I feel like right now we live in a time, a very microwavable age. People want stuff real quick, real fast. Can you tell me about a time in your life where something had to slow cook in the crock pot? Hmm. Slow cook. Jesus. Uh, man, that's a hard one. Really? Yeah, that's hard. Someone had to slow cook. Mm-hmm. Um, man, get back. Get okay. back at that one. I gotta think. <laughs> okay, so the itis. You know, once we eat some real good food, we just want to lay on the chair. Tell me something that you're sick and tired of seeing in regards to either money or business. I'm tired of people wanting a hand up. Mm. They don't want to work. Anybody want to work for real? <laughs> they just want to get into the spot and be there. They don't want to work. Wow. Got to work. That was a good one. Next question. The go-to. 
you know, all of us, we have our go-to soul food meal, no matter what. It never disappoints for you. That's that red rice. What's your go-to? What keeps you motivated and inspired to being the businessman that you are? Uh, I always say my daughter. My daughter definitely keeps me on my P's and Q's all the time. Um, I think literally when she came into this world, I think that's that's the hardest I ever went. Because mm-hmm. now I'm not just working for myself. Even though my wife was there, it was just kind of like seeing her little face. It's like, bro, I got to set you up for life. Yeah. Like, you know, just just the first time I held her, I was like, bro, now I have to go so much harder because you are literally, you're, you're dependent, you know, you depend on me for everything. Mm -hmm. So it's like, all right, if I got to take care of her, Hey, it's about to go up now. So yeah, definitely journey. Yeah. (laughs) So we're going to circle back around to our our crock pot question. Slow cooking, slow cooking. All right, something that had a slow cook, I think, was um. Oh, this is we- this is really, really um vulnerable. But the trust of my wife while I'm out, mm. that was okay. something I truly had to build. Yeah. Um, because I mean, yeah, I'm out here all the time. You know, temptation is the devil. Right. And you know, you see all these people you know things you ain't never seen before because i swear the stories i have to tell people you know they they wouldn't believe like some story i told my mom she was like what mm-hmm. but um yeah just being in this entertainment world being married that's always been a, a slower process because it is you live in two different worlds you, you live two different lives yeah. so it's like you know your wife who is just working a nine to five and she sees just the homely husband versus Scrib, who is out here wilding, saying crazy stuff on the mic, being around all these women, things like that. You know, that's a totally different person. You have to truly be 100 with yourself and say, all right, I have a hundred percent trust in my husband if he's out tonight, because most of the time I'm not coming back till three, four in the morning, stuff like that. So yeah, that was definitely a slow cooking process. Yeah. In your journey, have you ever had to like put some boundaries in place, you know, push some women back from trying to just do too much because they didn't necessarily know that you was married or they didn't care? Girl, yeah. What? (laughs) What? Man, listen, everybody out here is on some toxic stuff, especially now. Jesus Christ. Bro, it was so fun. I just had two women come up to me the other day and they saw my ring. They was like, Sam, you married? I'm like, Y'all just be out here. Just bro, they don't care no more. And that's the scary part. Yeah. Or like, um, it was funny. I think my first time I wasn't even actually DJing. That was the funny part. Mm-hmm. It was a uh it was back, I think I was a junior in college. And my the person that taught me to DJ, which is DJ Anwar, uh, we was at this spot downtown and he was DJing, you know, going whatever. He'd be like, man, screw it, hop on real quick. I got to go to the bathroom. I was like, all right, whatever. So I'm DJing, DJing, DJing. I don't know what my man was doing. Because I was like, bro, you've been in there for a little minute. Yeah, <laughs> bro, this girl came up and she wanted to request a song. And the song that she had, she asked for it. It was literally something. I just could not find it. I was like, right, it's not here. Mm-hmm. She was like, I'll suck you if you play it and I was just like I was like a song for a song man I said golly I was like hey this is too much this is a wild life because I don't even understand not for a song man listen when I tell you I got stories stories Jesus well thank you for being so you know open honest and transparent So our last question is, "Mm, that's good. So, you know, once you take that bite into some good soul food, if it's good, you're probably going to say, "Mm, that's good. So can you close out Mm -hmm. this podcast episode with some words of wisdom for either an aspiring entrepreneur or a current entrepreneur to help them on their journey? Um, I would definitely say it will be tough. Mm. God got you. And 
just have faith in yourself. Just keep the faith, bro. Like, I can't say nothing else. Keep the faith. Keep going. Keep striving for what you can do. Um, Because at the end of the day, people won't say no. And you got to say yes in your head. Forget what everybody else say. I love that. People going to say no, but you got to say yes in your face. That's That's good. Mm, That's good. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Skrid, for being on the podcast. I appreciate you so much. Um, This was, like I said, I knew from the beginning I was going to learn a lot. So this was really good. Um, Thank y'all for listening and tuning into another episode. Like I always tell y'all, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is absolutely nothing you can't do. So see y'all soon. And thank y'all so much for rocking with me. Bye. If you love the Responsible Homegirl podcast, there are plenty of ways to show your support. I have them also listed in the description box. One, leave us a rating or review. Two, email me a review of the podcast so that I can share on social media. Three, I have listed our PayPal where you can send whatever you feel led to send. Or four, by joining our Patreon, our exclusive community where we host book clubs and we talk about all things personal finance and entrepreneurship. Whatever you decide to do, just know that I am so grateful and I appreciate you for sharing the responsible homegirl with all your homegirls and all of your homeboys. Thank y'all so much.